Hi friends, we're so glad that you've joined us today. Each week, we gather together to do what women do best, talk. We discuss life's issues from a Bible-centered, multi-generational perspective. We know life is hectic, so if you're looking for a place to be refreshed in a world that seems to be running dry of truth, you found the right place. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome to Conversations at the Well. We're really glad that you have joined us today. We have a really great lady for you to listen to today. Kathy Gross, she is a friend of ours, a personal friend, as well as a board member for our parent ministry, Proclaim Cuba. So we're so thrilled that she came today to talk to you about her Jesus story and how God has worked in and through her life in multiple different areas of her life. So I'm excited for her to come and share her experiences with us today. Kathy, we'll let you start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself. Thank you. And hello to everyone. My name's Kathy. Gross, and I live in Dallas, Texas, although I will say I, I always feel like my home is New Mexico, and I was there until I graduated from college, and then I moved to Texas, so I've been in Texas far longer than I was in New Mexico, but a lot of who I am and how I live my life comes from my upbringing in uh, Albuquerque, so I always feel that at some, some level that's relevant, to, at least in my head. So I am a husband named Dave, and I have two children. What, my youngest is Travis, and he's 25, and my oldest is Courtney, and she is 27. Professionally, you know, work-wise, since that's going to be part of our conversation today, I came out of college uh, work for 40 years after that. So I just retired from corporate America fall of 2019 and then uh, spent you know, the next year inside, like all of us, because of COVID. So it was, it was an odd corporate retirement. But I've always taught at the university here in Dallas, which is SMU, off and on. I'm not a professor by trade. I'm not an educator by trade, but as an adjunct. And I still do that. So even though I'm, quote, retired from corporate America, I still teach at SMU in the business school there. So um, And I probably will for as long as they will have me. So that's just a little bit of background. One of the things that I really wanted to discuss with you was your experiences being a mother and also being a corporate professional. Mm -hmm. I have been a working mom for, I was a working mom for about 15 years straight, but I was a teacher. And to be honest, that was a very different schedule. It was a great schedule. And I have told uh, a lot of younger women, you know, if you really want a job, you feel called to teaching. Teaching is a great job because when your children enter into school, you basically work their same schedule. So you have your holidays off, you have summers off, uh, you don't work on the weekends. Not that teaching isn't a strenuous job. It's a lot of hours put in uh, after the kids go to sleep um, in prepping, but it's not the same nine to five job that corporate America demands of all of all of its employees, really. And I believe that our modern culture has told women a great lie. And that is that you can have it all and you can do it all and you can do it all perfectly. Mm -hmm. Just work hard enough. And I bought into that lie and caused myself a lot of grief. So I would love for you to share with us your experiences, both struggles and victories that you have had along the way. What you said, Kim, that is so 
true because there is this narrative out there that says do all be all and, and maybe you can but not all at one time i would tell you my intent being a working mom we'll, we'll call it that I and mean, I, I hesitate with that don't you guys because the all moms um, working outside of the home mom are you know so it, it's we all know that whatever path you're on uh, there's no rest for the weary. But I, I didn't know what I didn't know, right? So I got married a little bit later and I had my kiddos a little bit later. And so I was pretty far into working. And for whatever reason, in my mind, that makes a difference because I was pretty well invested in work and I I liked what I did. I, I, I was very happy doing what I was doing, but I, I really didn't know what I didn't know because so I thought, all right, well, you know, I'm a wife and I'm a career gal and I'm uh, involved in the community, both um, supporting community activities and all as, as well as giving and volunteering. And so and I always wanted to be a mom. And so now I'm going to have kids. And I thought, OK, you just add that to the list and you just keep on ticking. Nothing changes. And um so that was my intent. And the reality was, while I did do all of those things that <laughs> keep on ticking part, <laughs> it was a struggle. That was not really what happened, right? I mean, it's you have the plan in your head, whatever it's about, whether it's balancing, working outside the home with being a mom, whatever, you, you have a plan and then... Um, so that was kind of the, the struggle is it wasn't what I had in mind. And I'm a planful person. And for me, the struggle more than anything else was uh, the guilt, guilt, guilt. Oh, and then there's fatigue. too. Right? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. You're worn out. But the, the guilt was, you know, like we all experience as women, we whatever it is we're paying our attention to. We're guilty and feel guilty about the things that we aren't paying attention to. And so when I was working, I felt guilty that I wasn't momming more. And when I was momming, I felt like I was neglecting work. And then you throw in trying to be a good wife. And then you throw in community and, and caring for self. It, it it's, it's a challenge. I will tell you for me, um, one thing that's always given me strength and maybe where the victory side of it comes through in your question is from Philippians. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And when you go back to that and think, okay, I feel guilty, probably putting that on myself, but um, in a way, well, that, that biblical verse, um, it, I translate it, translate it to buck up, Kathy. <laughs> Because everything you've got here is a gift and and you should be grateful. Well, see, you can hear the guilt coming out again, right? <laughs> you should be grateful. Uh, kind of in this, you know, struggles part with uh, during that time frame. I remember at one point I'd gotten a Christmas card from a friend and the verse that was in there was, um, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I read that and I'm not kidding you too. I burst into tears. Because it was like, yeah, I am tired, <laughs> I am burdened. And it was back to that realization, I wasn't in this alone by any wild stretch. You know, family, 
the friends, the whole village, and then, of course, the Lord. That Christmas card was a pivotal point for me because I, I'd forgotten that I wasn't in it alone. Um, and that was, that was a big difference maker for me. What what the world will tell you that you can find balance. Mm-hmm. But I, I, had a, I had a wise mentor who told me once, where does the Bible ever say the word balance? <laughs> yeah. The Bible talks about things in moderation, but it never says that the key to a full biblical life, godly life, will be to have it all in balance. Mm-hmm. And so one of mm-hmm. my very good friends used to say, you know what? It's pretty much every day I'm going to have to decide which area of my life is just going to be B plus. <laughs> yeah. Because today job has to come first. So momming's probably going to be B plus. I, if I can get to a B plus momming, I will be satisfied because I can't have my A game in all areas at once. Not all at the same time. And you're right. And isn't that a revelation when, when you, A, you realize it and B, when you own it. Yes. Accept it. Yeah. Well, you know, and you'd ask too about the the victory side of things. Listen, for me, for me, raising a family has been the best part of life. And, you know, to the extent that when my husband and I were about to be empty nesters, I was just, oh, almost inconsolable because I'm thinking, well, the best part of life is over. It just was such a joy. And when I realized, thinking about um, from Timothy, for God gave us spirit, not fear, but power and love and self-control. And that to me has always said, that was kind of the another one of those buck up and get over it. You, have, My cup runneth over. Why am I all in this woe is me mode in that realization of you don't have to do it by yourself. You don't have to do it all at once and be grateful and be joyful and be present in whatever space you're in at that particular point of time. Yeah, I'd love to drop two conclusions from what you said, because I think it's very interesting. This is just kind of how my mind works. I listen to people talk and then I draw some conclusions from what they said. But first of all, listening to your story is very evident that Yes, over time, things got easier, but that was over time with scripture. And you clearly have lots of scripture memorized, written on your heart. Those are the consoles, you know, that you use to talk yourself down off the ledge or to uh, remind yourself that, hey, what I'm feeling right now isn't actually true. And so I think that's a really important part of your story is the fact that Scripture has been the main source of comfort that you've gotten. And the second part is that, you know, you process what was happening through guilt. Oh, I'm feeling guilt. And and we love the Enneagram and personality and psychology and all those things. And some of us do process. (laughs) (laughs) She pulled up an Enneagram book for those of you who are listening on the podcast. (laughs) But yeah, we love We love personalities. And I think one of the coolest things about knowing personalities is to know that not everyone processes through guilt. Some people process through anger. Some people process through fear. And some of us, I guess all of us here, process through guilt. And so what does that look like? What scripture do you run to in those moments to say, 
hmm, I'm feeling so guilty or, oh, I feel so angry that it can't be the way that I want it to be. Mm-hmm. Or I'm so afraid that everything will crumble because it can't be the way that I want it to be. Or I'm so guilty that I did something wrong because things aren't the way I wanted them to be. A reminder that there is scripture for every which way that you process those emotions. And there are working outside of the home moms of every personality type. And so I think a lot of it is a lot of guilt is talked about, but I do think there are some people who don't process through guilt, just knowing that scripture is a one size fits all. There is comfort for everyone, no matter how you process what you're going through in scripture. And that's very evident from your story. Well, I don't know if this is fair to ask you or not, Caroline, but is there particular scripture that you turn to? when you're processing, if you process through guilt, because I'm always looking for more. (laughs) I think scripture, um, recently for me, uh, reading through Romans, because Mm -hmm. it is very cut and dry. Paul is very direct with the Romans, Mm -hmm. and it makes sense for the biblical time that he was writing in to be writing to the Romans and the Christians in Rome. He would have had to be very direct because they were in the epicenter of everything evil that was going on, right? And Mm -hmm. so reading through Romans and getting things in a very cut and dry way, I've noticed that my guilt a lot of times is because I'm feeling such heavy emotion and I'm not thinking logically about things. And the way that Paul writes to the Romans when he talks about the way a Christian life should be lived and and the uh, reasoning behind why you should put your faith into practice as a Christian, really is comforting to me in a weird way because it gets me out of that emotional moment and it gets me out of that irrational guilt and puts me right back on a place to say, Caroline, this is how you're called. No matter what you feel, you're called to X, Y, Z. That for me, for someone who does process through guilt, Mm -hmm. Is always very reassuring. And That's it really helpful. That's really helpful, Caroline. Thanks for sharing that. My experience as a mom working outside of the home was that, especially working in the school environment, where I would, I can remember many, many times driving up to the school and just watching other moms dropping off in the car line, right? And they're, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're in what I would call the mom wardrobe of the day. What I'm thinking of back then was the tennis skirt and the baseball cap. And, <laughs> you know, some of you, they'd be out with their coffee cup and, you know, they'd been through Starbucks or whatever, talking to each other. And, you know, I'm just like, hectically trying to get into the parking space, get inside. I've probably screamed at my children because that on any and and thinking to myself, oh my gosh, what do those women do all day long? And I remember if I if I'm honest, jealous feelings. And then I had to rationalize why what I was doing was better than what they were doing. I was more meaningful <laughs> than what they were doing. And when you know when God called me to stepped down from my teaching job. I still had kids in school and I became one of those moms that I had always judged before. Like, what do they do with all the hours of their day? What could you possibly do all day long? And then I would find myself, you know, doing the laundry and it took all day long if, Mm -hmm. if, if that's what it was. And for me, it was a a way that God began to work in my heart to say, Hmm, a stop comparing because what you see is only what you see. 
Mm. No, it's not the reality of people's life. And Paul talks about that a lot in all of his letters. Yeah. And second, stop being so judgmental. Mm -hmm. I have called you to do what you, what I've called you to do. I've called these women to do what I've called these women to do if they're walking with me. Mm -hmm. And really in the big picture of following Jesus, none of that matters. None of that matters. So that just so hits, is so spot on for me um, and really uh, rests on my heart comfortably because I, that was one of my epiphanies during all of this, uh, working outside the home, um, you know, raising a family, because there were times where I was full on corporate, but there was a period of time where I I call it hung out my own banner, but I had my own consulting practice. And so it was more flexible. I could schedule things a little bit better so I could then be in carpool line or I could be at the PTA meetings. And as I describe it, I lived in both worlds. So I would hear the, I'm going to call it the not working outside the home moms, for lack of a better term, and their judgment of the working outside the home moms, because they thought I was one of them. And then I would be in the corporate world and I would hear, I'll I'll call it the corporate moms or the working outside the home moms. I I would live in their world and hear how they judged the other moms who were, and it was so evident to me that depending on which camp I was in in any given week, I was doing the same thing. Uh (laughs) Felt really guilty about it, (laughs) go back to that thing, but it was a eye-opener for me to realize we're all doing what we're called to do. And, and I've always believed in women supporting each other. And it, it was, uh, I'll just say it was an eye-opener for me that not only what I was seeing, but then holding the mirror up and going, wow, you're, you, you've fallen into this too. And it, uh, it helped give me perspective to be less judgmental and to be supportive and loving. Yeah, I think anywhere we see division, so it's like there, you know, there's clearly a divide, not just yeah. in the community you were in, but globally, probably. Yeah. I mean, we saw that in that show that we watched. Don't remember what it was, but it was on Netflix about astronauts, and a main plot line was about a way. A way, yes. Away. A, a main plot line was about, you know, one was the mom who stayed behind because she was pregnant. And then the other one was the mom who went and we we talked. That was when we were like, we need to have Kathy Close on this podcast. We're like, we need to talk about this specific thing because clearly Netflix is making a show or that's the main plot line. You know, the divide between these two types of moms, motherhood, whether it's spiritual motherhood or, you know, biological motherhood or adopted motherhood in whatever way, is a call for women. And the devil is clearly using women's call to divide them. Anywhere wow. it's Satan, Satan is in the middle. Causing. Well said. Well. And we need to open our eyes because if we're all falling prey to the schemes of the devil because of the camp that we have found ourselves in, and like you said, at one point or another, you could find yourself in either camp or mm-hmm. both and still feeling and feeding the division. So as mm-hmm. women who have a call to motherhood, 
in some capacity, all of us, we cannot feed into the schemes of division that the devil has for us. That that is so well said. And you know, I just I'm, even in our time here, I'm just learning much from you guys. And and I always do in conversations with women, not to exclude the men, but there's just always these, oh, yeah, you too. That's what it is. It's Satan that was tugging at me. <laughs> it's um, which I haven't even. I mean that that overt about it was Satan that was tugging at me. I didn't even have that realization until just now, Caroline. It's it's that's fascinating. Yeah, your vision. I will say one, one last thing on that point about you know what the other mothers are doing. It's you know from the mouth of babes. <laughs> I remember one time I'm slicing up watermelon for the kids and Travis, you know, the other mothers cut their watermelon in triangles. <laughs> I'm sure we said lots of that to you. Probably. Yeah, it was always the other mothers and I would just be the, um, I don't know, the kids wouldn't know it, but that bubbling about, well, maybe I should be cutting watermelon. <laughs> you realize how insane that is. <laughs> Not the triangles, but the feeling bad <laughs> Uh, that's, that's true. Uh, and beautiful that, you know, even in the middle of it, we, we can still have laughter about humanity and the things that we do. Thanks for joining us today at Conversations at the Well. We hope your soul was truly refreshed by the story you heard and the words of wisdom that were spoken over you. Our ministry is doing work across borders, and we'd love for you to join us on mission, whether that's here in the U.S., or overseas. Best way to join us is by subscribing to our email newsletter. We love you friends and we'll see you next week at the next conversation at the well.